Good Friday afternoon to you and greetings from the Ohio High School Hoops Around the State podcast. I am your host, Kurt Stubbs. I would like to first thank our friends at Anchor Podcast for giving us this opportunity to host this podcast. If you want to follow us, just download the free Anchor app and search for Ohio High School Hoops Around the State podcast and you'll be able to follow us. Our our podcast will also be downloaded to Apple iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and more of your favorite podcasting locations. I'll be posting the link to each episode on Twitter and our Facebook page. Uh, You can just look for Ohio at Ohio HS Hoops on Twitter or Ohio High School Hoops Around the State podcast on Facebook. We'll also be posting on various other social media outlets as well. So today we are going to talk a little Central Ohio basketball. Our guest today needs no introduction if you follow Central Ohio basketball at all. He, along with Jason Morrow, started 270 Hoops, uh, which is 270hoops.com. He also runs the 270 Fall League and uh, does an all-star game for the seniors and show cl- showcase for the underclassmen at the end of the high school season. Many may not know, but he also works a full-time job along with running 270 Hoops. Uh, one of my favorite stories from this guy is him sitting in the parking lot writing his game story, posting scores and stats to his site before heading home. Our guest today, none other than Zach Fleer. Zach, what time does that usually get you out of the parking lot? Uh, most game nights, I'm leaving around midnight. So I'm heading to pick Central right now, and I'll probably be home around midnight again. So we're leaving around midnight, probably home. It's about 45 minutes home, so about 12.45 is when I'll finally get home tonight. Well, the good thing is, Zach, you'll be in a good city for a, a good while writing that story after the game tonight. So at least you'll be in Pickerington for a while. So maybe some of that winning feeling will rub off. Yeah, I've been spending too much time in <laughs> Northwest Columbus lately, so it'll be good to good to get out on the southeast side. Well, Zach, let's jump into this. Um, let's take a look at some of these games uh, from the past week. Uh, we'll start out with a little City League flavor here. Uh, Walnut Ridge um, got a victory 61-47 over Afrocentric. Uh, that kept the Scots within a game of the uh, City League South leader, Columbus South, uh, which is a showdown that will go on tonight. Uh, Vaughn Cameron Davis, 22 points. Keon Magwood, 22 or 12, I'm sorry. Kavion uh, Ross, 10. Uh, for Afrocentric, Callie Davis, 13. And Elijah Burke, 11. Uh, Zach, Walnut Ridge needed this game so that they can uh, make this game with South more meaningful. Absolutely. So, you know, Ridge, their game back uh, for them to not, you know, kind of go into that game thinking about South. I think it's, uh, you know, a good sign for them to not go in the game and, you know, maybe, you know, taking Aversidric lightly. So Aversidric's a young team. They kind of remind me of the 16-17 squad that they had uh, when Trey Baumgartner was a junior and a lot of those guys were young. They got talent. They're just, they, they lost about 75% of the production. So, uh, it's a good one for, uh, for Warner Ridge. And then tonight, you know, all they got to do is beat South one time and then go undefeated in the rest of the league. Um, because with that City League rule, you know, the team that last represented their division in the City League championship, if there's a tie, they get the tiebreaker automatically. So Warner Ridge has that working in their favor, despite South only winning, you know, one 
division title the last 15 years, and Ridge has won about four or five. South was the last time. They 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 went in 17, Ridge went in 16. So uh, tonight's game is going to be huge, but that Tuesday night win, uh, Von Cameron Davis isn't putting up the numbers he was at the beginning of the year, but it seems like those guys are rounding in the form, and as long as they can continue to knock down outside shots and you know mix up that offensive attack, I think they're going to be. Yeah, that's actually something I did not know about the uh, representation in the uh, City League Championship game. And um, if you've never been to the City League Championship game, it is quite the spectacle. Um, and I would suggest if you want any chance of getting in the building, you got to make sure you get there early. It is, uh, it is something that you have to do at least once. Um, I know, especially back in the Columbus Northland um, reign of terror that they – had over the the city league man some of those it was hard to get it was hard to get in columbus east high school uh when they were reigning supreme over the over the city league Another yeah game. so oh What's sorry I've, i was gonna add to that i'm just for me i've gone to the city league championship about six times and i get there at 9 a.m and the game doesn't tip off till noon so uh, that's how early to get there you know i get there at nine and there's always people waiting outside the door so it's an, it's one of my favorite events to cover, and it always brings a great atmosphere and intensity every single year. All right, Zach, this game this game surprised me a little bit because you know I had talked talked to you a little bit about these guys before the season, and I was a little surprised that, um, and maybe you weren't, but Dublin Jerome uh, gets a fourteen point win over Delaware Hayes. Um, to draw even with the, the Pacers in conference play. Both teams, along with Thomas Worthington, trail unbeaten Bradley. In the game, Joey Pickering had 15, and uh, Trey, Trey Ballingy had 15 for uh, Delaware Hay, or for, I'm sorry, for Jerome, and Nate Griggs led uh, the Pacers with 17. Were you a little surprised by this result? Uh, not really, so I'm, I'm pretty tight with, Dublin Jerome head coach Richie Beard. So he gives me literally an update after every single game that they play, every practice. And he's <laughs> he was really confident about his team. They got 12 seniors this year. Um, one thing that they did this summer was, you know, they had 1,000 jump shots a day. He really simplified the offense. You know, last year was his first year, uh, first year in an OCC school. And he admitted that he kind of overcoached and, you know, had too many plays, too many, you know, sets and things like that. So, he wanted these guys to really learn how to play with each other, um, play, a, play a free-flowing game, and then really become a better outside shooting team. And that's what's happened uh, through the first, you know, 10 games, 11 games of the season. They've already doubled their three-point um, field goal output that they had all of last season. So a guy like Trey Ballinger, for example, he shot 13% from three last season. He's shooting 40% now. So that just shows what Jerome's doing. Um, a guy that's really made them go, though, is Junior Danny. He's really the only the rest of the team is mainly seniors. Um, he's now the primary ball handler, and he's a kid that can make things happen. Against uh, Hilliard Bradley, where they only lost by eight, he had about 17 points and hit a few setback threes over Malaco. So he's really the only guard in that division that's going off against Bradley. And um, for Jerome, I, I think I'm surprised by how much they won by, but I thought they could play with Delaware. Um, and, you know, and coming into that game, Delaware was seemingly the number two team in the division. Uh, so for you know, Jerome to get a win like that, I think it shakes up the OCC Cardinal a little bit. 
Yeah, definitely a big win for Jerome. Richie Beard uh, will definitely do a good job over there at Jerome. Uh, he, he's passionate about what he does, and uh, I know he cares about the kids. So uh, look out for Jerome, um, especially not just this year, but in the, in the future if he uh, sticks around there. Um, another team from the Dublin area uh, that really needs no introduction, Dublin Kaufman. Goes on the road last week at a game uh, you and I were both at and uh, beat Pickering to North uh, in an OCC crossover game, 72-66. Uh, later in the week, uh, Kaufman ended up knocking – or they didn't knock him off. They handled their rival, Upper Arlington, by 24. Uh, the, the game with um, Pickering to North, though, was a very interesting and, and kind of weird game all in one. Uh, Dom Penn, 16 for uh, – Kaufman, uh, Luke Bartimez, 14. Keaton Turner had a kind of a breakout game, uh, a kid that I had not really seen a whole lot of. Man, he, he was really impressive. He had 12, and Grant Yader and Will Hunter each had nine. For Pickering to North, they had good balance. Uh, Jack Sawyer with 22, Dries Lawrence, 16. Chris Scott, a uh, big-time football commit or big-time football recruit along with Sawyer, um, had 12, and Hunter Shedenhelm with 11. Zach, this game was um, foul city. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. I, you know, I mean, it was, it was something. <laughs> I've never seen a team have four of their five starters with two fouls in the first half, and that's exactly what happened to Kaufman. And it seemed like in the second half, the whistle kind of reversed the other way, and then Pick North was a team in foul trouble. Um, but that game was, like you said, it was a weird game. It was, you know, Kaufman went up by about 11, 11 points, and it felt like they might have a chance to break the game open. And then that's when the foul trouble started. You know, Dom picked up two fouls, and then I think Bartis got two, Van Blair got two, and all of a sudden, you know, it's a 30-30 to 30 halftime tie um, as Jack Sawyer's turnaround jumper was basically unguardable that night. Uh, but like you mentioned, you know, Keaton Turner was a breakout player in that game. When Dom went out, I felt like he came in the game tempo. Uh, gave him a lot of confidence, you know, there when their offense seemed like it was stolen out with his ability to get to the basket and make shots. I think Kaufman, you know, I, I've seen just about every top team in the area. I think one through eight, they're as good as anybody. And, you know, when that offense is rolling and they're making shots, they're scary. I, I would I would totally agree with you. I mean, they when they get it going and they're getting and they're whipping the ball around and everybody on the court is dangerous uh, as far as being able to put the ball in the basket – the thing that stands in the way of Kaufman, um, you know, it just seems like Pickerington Central has had their number. Um, they haven't been able to get over the hump against them. Perhaps this could be the year. It's, it, it's not – trust me, in the games that they've played, um, especially last year, Kaufman got handled pretty well on the scoreboard. But when you look guy for guy, uh, Kaufman is right there with anybody in Central Ohio, like you said. Absolutely. Um, at the at the top, you know, that guard play is incredible between Dom, Yader, um, Keaton Turner. But I think on the wings, those seniors, you got three of them, Bartimus, Van Vlera, Will Hunter. They're all solid players. You know, the thing with Kaufman, they got eight guys you can pass, dribble, and shoot. And that, you know, sounds basic enough, but not every team has that. But, but again, you know, they don't have a true post presence. Jack Sawyer really had his way on the, around the block for them, or for Pick North. And Kaufman... You know, in the win, the foul trouble, it seemed like that really hampered them because the guards they brought off the bench, you know, they weren't as dynamic as uh, Penn, and, Penn and Turner were. So I think if 
they have to go through pick central. It's going to be interesting to see if they can get past that middle roadblock um, because, you know, like we – it's been well documented, but Kaufman has never made it out of the regional tournament. So if they're, if they're looking to get to the States, they're going to have to do something that literally no Rocks team has ever done. And just one last note before we move on to a, another OCC matchup. The point you made about uh, Kaufman never getting out of the region, I mean, they've got to be – one of the top five programs in the state of Ohio to never be at the state tournament. Um, so if you're somebody that just kind of attends the state tournament year after year, and you're not from central Ohio, you've really never had the opportunity to see how good Kaufman is year in and year out. Um, it, it would just kind of be nice for the rest of the state to just see how good Kaufman is. And like you said, they, they've got everybody in the lineup can dribble, pass, and shoot. And like you said, it seems basic, but there are so very few teams now that can do that, and uh, they all can do that. So it'll be interesting to see Kaufman moving forward. Um, the next the next game, OCC-wise, uh, we had Olin Tangy Liberty uh, beating Gahanna Lincoln 75-62, OCC kind of crossover game. Uh, the Patriots also knocked off Olin Tangy. Later in the week, uh, and then Gahanna ended up dropping a home game to unbeaten Pickerington Central last Friday. Uh, the Liberty Gahanna game, um, Nick Matkason had 32 uh, for Liberty. Ben Roderick, who obviously is their star, uh, 19, and uh, sophomore Henry Hinkle had 17. Uh, for Gahanna Lincoln, Sean Jones, 17. Uh, Elijah Thomas, 12, and Nate Stodd, 10. If you're not sure, Sean Jones is a freshman, uh, a very electrifying player. So if you've not had the chance to see him play, you need to do so. He's well worth the price to get in. Zach, Liberty, Gehanna, kind of in two different spots. Liberty, uh, more of an older veteran team. Gehanna's trying um, to, to try to – balance out losing uh, their star player before the season started. Where do you see these two teams at this point? So Liberty for me, they're, I think they're a top five team. Uh, I think they're 10 and two right now. And their two losses, one's to Cincinnati tap. And the other was to uh, brother Martin out of new Orleans. So they're undefeated against central Ohio teams. Ben Roderick is in my opinion, the best player in the area. He's capable of getting you 30 plus, you know, 10, 15 plus rebounds every night. Um, but it's going to, you know, rely on guys like Nakashian, uh, Henry Hinkle, even, uh, you know, guys like Mitchell Kirshner. And they are losing a player. You know, Mitch Oakley was a guy that was a varsity player all the way since his fresh, freshman, sophomore year. He's an Ohio State baseball commit. He's more focused on that in the winter, so he's not playing for them this year. I think if they had Mitch Oakley, they would really be a threat. But I think even with what they have right now, you know, they're as, as good as, you know, the, the second-tier teams. I feel like it's a three-team division still. Uh, between Kaufman, Bradley, and Pick Central. But I think in that second tier, uh, Liberty's probably the best team. For Gehanna, you know, they're still in a transition phase. They're still waiting to see if uh, Josh Corbett can come back. They have one senior, that's Elijah Thomas, but he's really not the leader of that team. I feel like Sean Jones, is, even as a freshman, has kind of taken over that role, which is really impressive. But they've been solid throughout. They got a big test tonight against Reynoldsburg. Um, if they can win that game, it kind of puts them back in the conversation a little bit in the OCC Ohio. Obviously, it's going to go through Pick Central. Um, but I think for Gehanna, a team that really struggled last year in OCC Ohio, if they can knock down you know, a team like Reynoldsburg, I think that's going to do well for their confidence. And then if they get Josh Corbin back, it's going to make them even that much better. All right, so shifting away from the OCC for a second, 
um, a team that, that I think is, is starting to come on a little bit here. Columbus Academy, uh, they knocked off Gahan, or I'm sorry, they knocked off Johnstown Monroe to hand the Johnnies their first loss of the year, 53 to 44. Now the Johnnies have lost uh, to Granville since then, but Academy is, uh, has won five straight uh, at this point. Uh, which includes victories over uh, good Bexley team, uh, Grand Grandview, and aforementioned Johnstown. Um, Columbus Academy's three losses are all by four points. Uh, in this game, Dalen Decree had 15 for Columbus Academy, Chris Boyle 11, and Moultrie uh, 11 as well for Johnstown, Owen Hazelbaker 12, and Jake Lusk who is uh, a pretty good defensive end slash tight end on the football team for Johnstown. Uh, what do you think about Columbus Academy, Zach? I like Academy. I think in Division Three, they're, you know, right there. Harvest Prep is, you know, probably the number one team by, you know, all means. But I think Academy in that second tier, again, you know, I thought it was Johnstown, but they went on the road. They beat Johnstown. They really shut them down in the first half. Uh, the ball pressure they applied to Johnstown's guards was too much. You know, the Johnnies, they have a young backcourt, and those guys have struggled to handle pressure, and the Academy can do that. They're a senior-laden team. Dorian Moultrie is one of the more underrated point guards in Central Ohio, and I like the front court they have between Dalen Decree, who's really come on this year, and Chris Boyle, who's, you know, a big-time athlete going Division One in the Ivy League for football. Um, Academy's got a good squad. They're pretty deep this year. Last year, five-man five man in, five-man out rotations. Um, I haven't seen them yet. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing them in the next couple weeks or so. Um, but they're in the MSL Ohio division. That's a true gauntlet. You know, there's really not a bad team out of those five teams. When they did beat Grandview, that was without Luke Lachey. Um, I would like to see how they match up when Lachey's back. But I think in, in the MSL Ohio, they're right there, you know, in the division lead. And uh, in Division Three, they're going to have a chance to win a district title because, again, they got so much senior talent and those guards are really I like Carter Worsler, the junior. But the seniors, I'm really big fans of them. And if Daly Decree can keep playing like he has been, I think Columbus Academy is going to be right there, but they did take a loss to my alma mater. Shout out to Central Crossing. We beat them early <laughs> on in the year, uh, and I don't think I don't think my comments have won a game since. But uh, we did beat Westland. We always beat Westland. But uh, you know, other than that loss, you know, Academy's been pretty good this year. All right. So uh, I don't. I, I'm not sure if you were at this game or not. I know I saw Jason at this game, but uh, last Friday night, uh, Canal Winchester scores a big victory over uh, Newark 67-61 the Indians were 3 and 0 last week uh, to remain undefeated on the season uh, they beat actually a, a kind of a game that kind of flew under the radar middle of the week game against Chillicothe uh, who is a very good t- team they have two really good juniors in Brandon Noel and uh, Javon uh, Mogmer and uh, they got them in the middle of the week. Then they put up over 100 on Kilborn on Saturday night. But in the game against Newark, which, um, you know, it's, it's like one of those hurdles that a team has to overcome. Canal gets them 67-61. Uh, Bilal So 26. Uh, Brady Snyder started out hot, ended up with 12. Uh, Cole Metz, Metzler, uh, he had 11. And Avery Music with 10. Uh, a kid that... I really have not paid a lot of attention to uh, was really impressive. Bobby Crenshaw from Newark, man, really uh, end-to-end speed, unbelievable, really quick first step, really hard to keep away from the bucket. 
Uh, he had 17. Keyshawn Hurd, 13. And sophomore Drew Ballinger had 12 for Newark. Any thoughts on that game, Zach? Yeah, with Bobby Crenshaw. So our Licking County League writer, Andy Hoban, in our staff roundtable brought up a point about Bobby. He's only been playing organized basketball for a year. Yeah, that that didn't look su- that wasn't surprising, um, but man, it he, he's got some potential. He does. He is end to end as quick as player I've seen. You know, Canal plays pretty tough defense, and he was blown by everybody and getting to the rim. That's a kid I saw during the first game of the year. He kind of struggled. Uh, his field was a little shaky, but he's really improved. I've seen them two times since. He was their best player, and then again against Canal Winchester, he was their best player. That's a guy to keep an eye on. He's only a junior. This is a young Newark team. It's probably the worst Newark team I've seen since I started. I think next year they're going to be a best contender. You know, they got sophomores like Cade Bafford and Drew Ballinger that are tough, and then Bobby again uh, along with Jaden Woods. But for Canal Winchester, though, Bilal So has been incredible this year. Uh, he started on J and had a breakout game against Pick North. Ever since then, you know, Canal can't take him out of the lineup. He's leading the area in field goal percentage. I believe he's shooting about 72% from the field, averaging around 19 points and 10 rebounds a game. Uh, that's a kid that he's taking them to the next level. You know, Brady Snyder's been there doing it, scoring the basketball at a high level for the last three years. Um, but he finally has a guy outside of him that can make shots and put pressure on the defense. And then even the trash man, you know, Cole Metzler, he had 15 rebounds in that game. I was actually there with Morrow. Uh, he had 12 in the first half alone. He really took that matchup with Keyshawn Hurd personally. I believe he won that matchup, uh, really dominated on the glass and gave Canal a boost with some second-chance points. So the Indians are tough. You know, it's going to be them in Newark in that OCC Capital Division. It's not easy to win in Newark, especially when uh, Coach Quack has time to prepare. You know, his team has something to play for finally. You know, since the last time they actually were you know, facing a deficit in their division, that was all the way back in 2016 when they were going up against teams with A.B. Watson and – uh, Nick Ward and just dominant squad. So I'm really excited for that second matchup. I'll probably be there. You know, Newark's going to fill the gym to the gills, and uh, it's going to be a tough environment for Canal. And I think they've had their toughest tests at home this year. So I want to see how they do. When they got to go on the road, it's a hostile environment. And there's really something to play for. I think that's when we'll find out just how legitimate of a contender Canal Winchester is. That's and that's a great point about playing at Newark. It's a it's a whole different ball game when you go down there to Newark. They are very very good there. Um, the fans will be rabbit down there, and uh, you know, like you said, Canal Canal is the, their gym is a great place to play, and I think it is a real home court advantage for them. The people are right on top of the floor, um, so I was very impressed with their crowd. Uh, the, the energy that was in there by, you know, Coach Schneider's a pretty energetic guy as well. But the thing about Canal is um, they're one of the smaller Division ones in the state of Ohio, which if Canal's a Division two man, uh, look out. They, they would be an extremely tough out in Division two Not to say they can't make some noise in Division one but, Man, being so close to Division Two, it would have just been kind of nice to see what they could have done down in Division Two. Um, moving on, Central Catholic League uh, is it, kind of hard to figure out. Uh, it's tight race. Um, should be a tight race to the end. Uh, last week, the Sales beat St. Charles 45-44, uh, and then Watterson knocked off Reedy 62-60. So you had. Two games settled by a total of three points. 
Columbus DeSales is 4-0 in the league. Uh, Watterson 3-1. St. Charles 2-2. Two and two. And a little bit of a surprise, Hartley at, at 1-3 and three in Reedy, but it was at 0-4. Oh uh, I guess, you know, outside of us, uh, Mason and um, Peyton Collins, I don't really know much about Hartley, but the league kind of seems like it's pretty balanced despite, uh, you know, one team being 4-0 and oh and the other being 0-4. Oh yeah, it's really – those games are close. The games last week, both of them went to overtime. Um, for Watterson, you know, they're, in my opinion, the second-best team in the league right now. Bishop Reedy took them to overtime, and Reedy's another young squad. They lost everything from last year, and they're competing. You know, Tony Basuti's there, and he's doing a great job already. Uh, but, again, that league's tough. You know, those games are always in the 40s, sometimes in the 30s. Um, and if you if you can't hit shots and, you know, you get into foul trouble, it can be a long night sometimes in the CCL. The biggest thing that surprised me, and you brought up, you know, you mentioned already, but Bishop Hartley being one and three, um, I thought coming in, they might be the favorite in that league. You know, they had a lot of senior experience with Morgan Safford, Peyton Collins, um, but they've actually taken a hit in their depth a little bit. Um, PJ, PJ Daniels, a sophomore guard, he actually transferred to Bishop Reedy this week. Oh, so wow. he won't be with them the rest of the year. Um, so that was, you know, their best ball handler outside of Morgan Safford. Losing him for the rest of the year and, you know, for the rest of two years, uh, it's going to be interesting to see who steps up. Uh, they have a sophomore I like. His name is Will Miller. Uh, he's, a, he's a shot maker and tough kid. He may be someone who, you know, gets a minute uptick, but they just got to find ways to put the ball in the basket outside of Morgan Sackett. That's doing it for him on a consistent basis. Uh, Peyton Collins has taken a step back from last year. Uh, you know, obviously, he's signed for football, so he seems to still be in that football shape right now. But they're always different. The second half of the season, Hartley's always tough. They load their schedule in February in non-conference action. Um, I think the true test for them will be when they take on Johnstown to end the regular season. Johnstown's going to be a district title contender in D3, and that'll probably be you know the showcase to see just how good Hartley's going to be in the tournament. All right, so you mentioned this already. Um, the MSL Ohio last week, uh, Bexley. Uh, stayed in that race with a 59-57 win over Worthington Christian. It seems like Worthington Christian plays in a lot of close games. Um, in this game for Bexley, Ryan Callahan had 23, Nasir Tucker with 18, and Anthony Welsh with 12. Uh, I know a kid that you mentioned uh, in your article the other day, Derek Harden uh, led Worthington Christian with 23, Nakimba Mullins with 12, and freshman sensation DJ Moore had 11. Um, Derek Harden's a kid you like. Yes, uh, Derek played in our fall league in the open division this past year. Really impressed me the way he can shoot the ball. He's got a very quick release. If he's you know spotting up and you can get him the ball, he's going to get it off uh, no matter what space he has, and he's going to knock it down at a high level. He's one of the top 10 shooters in three-point percentage this year. Uh, he's also been able to get to the basket. He's pretty quick, um, can get by defenders and finish at the rim. That's a guy, you know, his production has tripled since last year. He's playing with a lot of confidence. And when you have a guard like DJ Moore that can get by people and, you know, really penetrate and kick to his teammates, if you're Derek Harden, that's a great uh, complimentary and point guard piece to have. So he's, go he's always going to get you good shots. And Worthington Christian, again, they're all mainly, they're mainly non-seniors on that roster. They're getting a transfer, too. Just happened today, uh, Kobe Buford from Upper Arlington is transferring to Worthington Christian. He'll be there next year. Um, he's actually going to enroll and start his first day of class next Tuesday. So 
next year, I think Worthington Christian, if not if not this year, I think next year they might be the favorite in D3 because they're going to return Der- uh, Derek Harden, the Kimba Marlins, DJ Moore, Tyler Kinberg, and then you add Kobe Buford to the mix with another sophomore like Isaiah Hazelwood, who's a big body at 6'6". I think the Warriors are going to be real tough, and that could be a team that maybe makes a regional run. Yeah, that's good stuff right there. Uh, Kobe Buford is a, a kid that I, I know quite well since he was been in the eighth grade. That's a that's a big get for Worthington Christian. Um, this week, uh, so far, it's kind of the thing about Central Ohio is throughout the week, uh, it's usually kind of light as far as uh, big games. Usually, most of your big games are. Um, butted up against each other and Friday, Saturday. Uh, but we did have a game this week that I'm not, su- maybe not so surprised of the final result, but the way it happened, uh, it totally shocked me, especially being that the game was at Pickerington North Logan, a team um, more so Southeast Ohio down route 33 um, goes to Pickerington North and pretty much just boat races the Panthers, 67-44 in a game the Chieftains were up nearly 30 points in the game. For Logan, who goes to 9-2 on the year, they are are a Division I team. Um, Leighton Cassidy, a real streaky shooter, uh, ended up with 32 points. Their stud, Bo Myers, uh, he had 26, which is right on average for him. He also averages 10 boards a game. For Pickering to North, they fell to 9-3. Jack Sawyer had 19, Chris Scott 11. Uh, but outside of those two for Pickering to North, they didn't get a whole lot. Uh, like I said, Logan moved to 9-2 and two on the year. Their only losses are to Gehanna and Hilliard-Davidson. Zach, is this a case of Pickering to North maybe looking ahead to that rematch with Central on Friday, or did North just get drubbed by a better team? I think it's a little bit of both. Um, that game, you know, for three of the four quarters, it was really a tie game. In the third quarter, Logan outscored Pick North 31 to 8, <laughs> and they won by 23. So, there it is. I have no idea. I have no idea what happened in the third quarter. Uh, from what I was told, you know, North was trying to, you know, press and trap Logan, and it sounded like Logan was just getting a bunch of wide open layups. It's another game, you know, Pick North, they're vastly talented, but last year, you know, they lost to Dublin Jerome, they lost to. Mount Vernon in the tournament, and they, they lose to Logan here. I, I think North is obviously more talented than Logan. I saw Logan against Hillier Davidson. They put up 35 points in the game uh, to see, you know, two guys really combine for 58 and beat North by themselves. It's really surprising to me. Um, the Panthers, from what I was told, Logan played a lot of zone, and again, Pick, Pick North struggled against the zone. So maybe that's the blueprint that teams are using to beat them. Uh, you know, go zone, and if you can take care of the ball, you're going to have a shot. So it seems like that happened. Leighton Cassidy, again, like you mentioned, he's a streaky shooter. If he's getting wide open looks, he's going to knock him down. And Bo Myers, you know, he's as good as just about any senior in Central Ohio, averaging about 27 a game and 10 rebounds, like you said. I think that's a team to not sleep on. You know, their only losses are to Gehanna, and um, I'm drawing a blank on the other one. Hilliard-Davidson uh, beat him in a close Hilliard, game. Hilliard-Davidson, just mentioned that. Yep. Gannon, Hurry Davidson, and that Davidson game, they were up by a point and then didn't score the last four minutes of the game. So, Logan's a team that could be right there. I think uh, I said earlier, you know, there's probably the top three teams are, you know, Dublin Kaufman, Hurry Bradley, Pick Central. They'll probably get their own brackets there in the district tournament. And that fourth bracket, I see a lot of teams maybe jumping in that, trying to get a district. And that could be a bracket where Logan maybe jumps in there and makes a run. Um, for North, though, it's, it's another disappointing loss. 
they have scholarship talent all over the place. Um, they don't have a whole lot of seniors. They lost a lot last year, but you still have guys like Jack Sawyer, Chris Scott, Hunter Sheddenhelm, Adrice Lawrence. They got talent. They just got to put it all together, and it just seems like maybe they're looking ahead. We'll find out tonight, especially if they're really ready to compete at that level. Um, pick Central without Jay Rogers and Sam Towns for you know what, what it seems like for the rest of the season. Uh, we'll see if Pick North's ready to compete against a Pick Central team that will be a little different than what we thought. All right, the last game I want to talk to from about or well, earlier this week uh, before we move into tonight's uh, games. Olin Tangi Orange, uh, coached by one of my favorite guys uh, in Central Ohio, Anthony Kalo, which is uh, the son of Ed Kalo, head coach at Westerville South. Uh, they go on and get a 70-64 to 64 win over uh, Big Walnut. Uh, and Big Walnut is a team that I, I actually like. I think they're pretty good. Um, this sets up a game with Olin Tangi Liberty this Friday. Orange plays four, four players in double figures, led by sophomore guard Andre Irvin Jr. with 15. Luke Ballinger and Ryan Cutler had 14 apiece. And Nick Brannon added 11. Coach Kalo moves the Pioneers to 8-3, and three, while Big Nut falls to 8-4. and four. Zach, this is a big game for Orange on Friday. Um, and this was a game that they needed against Big Nut heading into that game. Yeah, so for Orange, they're a tough squad. I saw them against Olentangy earlier in the year. That was a one-point win for them. Um, again, they got senior guards that are tough. I'm a big fan of Bryson Lane. Uh, Luke Ballinger is one of the better shooters in Central Ohio. But it seems like the X factor is Andre Irvin. When he's in the zone and he's making shots, you know, they're really tough to defend because they have three guys that can all fill it up from the perimeter. It's going to be a, a true challenge on Friday uh, tonight against Olentangy Liberty. They really don't have a matchup for Ben Roderick. Not sure a lot of people do. Um, the last game, Roderick lit him up. We'll see if that happens again. Roderick is, again, he's, letting everybody, he's lighting everybody up. He's averaging 30 points a game. If they can find a way to maybe limit Ben Roderick or maybe let Roderick get, get whatever he wants and shut down everybody else, they're going to have a shot. You know, Kalo coach teams, whether it's Olentangy Orange or Westville South, they're always going to play great defense and, you know, be – smart and disciplined ball clubs. So Orange is going to have a shot in any game they play. A surprising, you know, last week was them losing to Hilliard-Davidson by 28. You know, Davidson's a team that usually slows it down, and they put up 79 on Orange. So Orange is going to need a better defensive performance tonight than what they had last week. Um, but if Andre Irving can have a big game and, you know, get in the zone and Bryson Lane and Luke Ballinger give you what they usually do, they're going to be uh, tough to stop. And, I, again, another X factor is Nick Brandon. He'll probably be the guy guarding Roderick. He's about six foot five. He's athletic. He can make shots. Um, if he's playing to his potential, Orange is a tough squad, and I think they're one of the better, maybe third or fourth tier teams in Central Ohio this year. Some other scores uh, I just want to run over here real quick, uh, and then we'll move on to the previews uh, earlier in the week. Columbus Centennial uh, at a game you were at beats Columbus Northland 69 63. Upper Arlington knocks off. Um, Columbus or Bishop Hartley 52-51 no max marts for Upper Arlington uh, Bexley beats Bloom Carroll 55-50 and then Columbus to Sales gets a win over uh, Whitehall 52-49 and Granville knocks off Johnstown by three Granville's a team with only two losses on the year by a combined three points uh, to Chillicothe and Groveport so let's do it here uh, this is going to be a spectacular Friday night in Central Ohio, in my opinion. Um, 
and I, I know talking to you, I think you would agree as well. Let's start off with this one. Let's start off with the big game in the in the uh, City League South. Columbus South eleven and zero will play Walnut Ridge nine and two. Just some notes on this game. Obviously, first place on the line. Uh, the rematch of an earlier December meeting that South won 78-74. In that game, Treon Watkins went for 25. Travell Adams and Marcus Johnson combined for 29. Vaughn Cameron Davis, who you had mentioned earlier uh, when he was just putting up uh, video game-like numbers to start the season, he had 35. on Ross, 22. Uh but Keon Magwood had just seven. Uh, so I believe – I know you were saw round one. What does Walnut Ridge have to do to turn the tide this time around? They got to keep getting the ball to that front court. Um, Von Cameron Davis and KV on Ross, like you mentioned, they combined for 57 points and about 25 rebounds. KV on didn't check out the whole game. He was rim running like crazy. He's rebounding, defending. They got to find a way to get him involved more. Um, you know, South really doesn't have a matchup for Von Camp, so they really don't have a matchup for Kavion. They lack in size in the front court. Uh, they'll probably, I imagine, they'll put Marcus Johnson on Von Cameron Davis and probably put Sam Barton, who I love that kid. He's very fiery and competitive. He's been looking forward to this matchup again with Kavion. I took him on a visit and Trayon Watkins and a couple others to Central State two weeks ago, and Sam told me that he was going to shut down Kavion. So we'll see if that happens tonight. Uh, for Ridge, though, it, it, I think it starts and finishes with Keon Magwood in the backcourt. They got to get more production out of him. Um, he's one of the better junior guards in the, in the in that class. And if he's only scoring seven points a game in a big game, they're gonna have it's gonna be tough for them to win. Um, but like I mentioned earlier, they got to knock down outside shots. That's when they played Hilliard Bradley, they really struggled to do that. Meech Coble was really the only one that made a couple shots, and he only made two of them. Um, in this matchup, South is there again. They're gonna dare them to. Hit perimeter shots and stretch out that defense. Otherwise, they're going to try and collapse on Von Cam and limit his touches around the basket. So, Ridge just has to – they have to value every possession. Magwood had a couple possessions in that game where he tried to do too much and uh, maybe threw an inopportune pass or had a bad turnover. And this one, um, they got to be better. But more important than anything, they got to play to the final buzzer because that's what didn't happen in the first matchup. They thought they had the win, and then Marcus Johnson made the buzzer beater um, there with about .3 seconds left to send that game to overtime. So that's one thing they got to do is play through the final buzzer, but it's going to rely on the outside shooting and uh, just the production that they can get from their guards because they know what they're going to get from the front court. Um, but if the back court doesn't produce, it's going to be a long night for them because South, their trio of guards is just about as good as you'll find anywhere in the city league. Um, and then Marcus Johnson's a kid that's been playing some great basketball this year. So. They're deep, they're balanced, and Trey Watkins is going to come to play at senior. He's been in every big moment. He's played in a few district title games already. He's won a city league title. He's going to be ready to play from the opening tip. And on the road, South's going to be battle-tested. I think Coach Spears is as good as they come in the city league. So I see it going both ways. I think the team that, you know, takes care of the ball and knocks down more outside shots is going to have a chance to win. I see that being South tonight. I think they're going to get the job done on the road. Um, but Warner Ridge is going to come out with a lot of intensity, as always. They just got to find a way to get production from the backboard. You mentioned Coach Spears, and when I first started um, really getting into this, Columbus South was uh, a team when you saw or you were looking down the schedule for the night of what game you were going to go to. If South was playing 
fill in the blank, you just skipped right on by that game because uh, they were not very good. Um, and to see what he has done uh, with this program, not only just in the City League, South, the City League, but the respect that they are starting to garner around the state. Um, you know, even you being mentioned in the top five teams in the state in Division Two, is just simply incredible what he has been able to do over there. And, Zach, nobody knows the City League as well as you do. It is really hard to keep guys – talented guys in the city now because people are moving uh, their kids out to suburban schools, uh, you know, maybe because they think it's a better education or whatever. But what he has been able to do there is incredible. Absolutely. I think the thing that really sticks out for me is he's doing it with Southside kids too. Like they're not, they're not going all over the, all over the city of Columbus to get their players. Those guys, you know, again, I took those kids on a visit. I dropped them all off. They all live within two or three miles from South High School. So he's doing it in the community. He's set a culture that guys have bought into. You know, they've learned how to win there. They know what it's like to work. And in the city league, that's tough to do. You know, some schools, a school like Beechcroft, they've been pretty good here in the last couple of years. But to have sustained success like this and to do it with more than just one graduating class, um, I think it's, it's pretty impressive. But the thing that really sticks out for me is he's had the same staff the whole time. He's had the same JV coach forever. I think that is overlooked a little bit. When you set that same precedent below the varsity level, when guys get up to varsity, they know what to expect because they're getting the same type of coaching in the lower levels. Um, and that's what South has right now. Spears is a big, he's big on culture. He's big on just making guys work and showing them what it takes to win. Um, it's his way or the highway. And I think, with some of these kids that, you know, come up in harder situations, they need someone like that that's going to hold them accountable and, um, you know, not let them slip up. And that's what South is doing there. That's what Spears is doing there. I think this might be his most talented team, too. I mean, he, he won with some teams that didn't have nearly the talent they have now. Marcus Johnson's going to be, you know, the first, like, mid-major type commit that he's going to have there. And to win like he has, they've won – coming into this season, they'd won 100 games in the last five years combined. They're one of, I believe, three teams in the program, regardless of division, to do that. Um, it just speaks to what he's doing. And in my opinion, they're the best city league program, you know, across the whole north and south division right now. I would agree um, on all accounts there. So it'll be interesting to see uh, what south is able to do moving forward. I definitely think I definitely see this as a team that is uh, definitely regional worthy. Uh, another game tonight on the docket. 12-0 Dublin, Kaufman will play 9-2 uh, Hilliard-Davidson. Hilliard-Davidson, a team kind of uh, obviously more known for their football prowess, but really uh, starting to gain some steam on the hardwood, uh, which, you know, started with uh, Court Hamilton coming over and uh, a few years back he got the thing going before leaving uh, to go to Bradley to become the AD over there. But um, So if Davidson wants to stay in the OCC Central race, uh, they need to find a way to pull off the upset here tonight uh, on the home boards. Kaufman took round one, 73-57 behind 21 points. <clears throat> 21 points from Dominic Penn, 19 from uh, Luke Bartimez. Davidson got 51, or not 50, 15 from Jacob Dries and uh, 13 from Caleb Stimmel. This time around, Davidson will have six foot five junior Gage Keys, who was hurt uh, during the football season back in the lineup. 
Uh, Zach, is the return of Keys enough to be able to pull off the upset tonight uh, in Hilliard? It's going to be tough. Um, they're going to have to control the tempo because Coughlin's going to want to get out and run. That's what they did last time. They put up 73 points in that first matchup. But Keys is a difference maker. Uh, he's one of the very best junior post players in the area. And about six foot five, six foot six is going to be a tough matchup. One thing I'm really excited about this one is it's kind of intriguing. There's some drama tied to it. Is Patrick Priest is you know the, the the post player that comes off the bench for Kaufman. He was at Davidson the last three years. He actually left the program during the tournament mm. and kind of ruffled some feathers. <laughs> so that's going to be something to watch. I think they're going to try and go at him and see if he can take it, but. For Kaufman, if they're knocking down shots, you know, if you can't score with them, it's going to be really tough. But, again, they don't have a post presence. And Davidson has more size than just about anybody in the area. So, if they can go to those guys, get Christian Gillen involved, uh, get Jacob Grease, Gage Keys, they're going to be really tough to stop. And if Davidson can somehow pull this off, they'll be right back there on the OCC Central for maybe a, a, a conference title if UA can get Max March back and maybe knock off Kaufman. But I think Kaufman's still favored by probably five or six points. They got the better backcourt. Uh, Ethan Royer is going to be a great matchup on Don Penn. Royer is as good as they come as far as perimeter defense. Um, six foot threes, the middle linebacker, fullback, just a really tough kid that uh, plays with a great physical brand of basketball. That's going to be a great one. I think if, the, if Kaufman doesn't score over 60 points, I think Davidson wins the game. I just don't see that being a possibility, but that'd be something I'd watch in that matchup. Yeah, Davidson was able to uh, pull off a shocker last year against Hilliard Bradley. We'll see if they can do the same tonight in Hilliard. Um, a game that you are heading to, and you know that, um, that George will be there as well. Uh, tonight, Pickerington North, Pickerington Central, Crosstown Showdown, uh, Pickerington North 9-3 and three now. Uh, Pickerington Central at 12 and 0. Round two of the Crosstown Showdown. Uh, this one will take place at Central. Uh, the Tigers, who are currently undefeated, took the first meeting 80 to 67 uh, in a game that really wasn't that ever uh, within. It was never really in doubt, uh, to be honest. Uh, Javon Garcia got 28 in that game. Sam Towns and Colton Landis each had 13 for Pick Central. Pick North got 21 from Junior Hunter Shuddenhelm and 19 from Sawyer. Um, in that first game, and you've mentioned Rogers and Towns, uh, who will not be in uniform tonight uh, for the transfer rule of having to sit. Uh, they get they they got to play the first 11. They got to sit the rest of the season, but. Uh, Rogers is is obviously a steady guard that uh, gives um, Central some some calm when things get a little shaky. I saw him do that in the Reynoldsburg game, but I think Sam Towns is as big a loss as you could have. Being that he's six eight, he's long. Um, he can get you some garbage buckets on offense. You know, he can step outside and make a shot, but his presence on the defensive end with his ability to alter shots and protect the rim. And he's so active. He, you know, his motors improved so much. He really bothered – and nobody has bothered Sawyer this year. He really bothered Sawyer's shots. I know Sawyer had 19 in that game, but um, he missed a lot of shots and, and had a lot of shots altered because of Towns. You know where I stand on this game tonight. Um, how do you see this playing out? 
Now you're you obviously around Pick Central all the time. Is Colton Landis going to play tonight? Um, you know? I I would say I would say it is very iffy. Um, I'm pretty sure it was a what is it a high ankle sprain. As far as I so if, if they don't have Landis, that hurts. That hurts. Going to start the five will be. I, I would I would say they Jalen Cromwell or well. You know, I know Eric really likes Cromwell. You know, he's a program guy. He brings a little toughness. But I would probably see Garner Wallace probably, you know, slip into that. I mean, obviously, they're not going to have a true big man in the game. And and I think, like you said, Landis will hurt because of his ability to body up inside. And and he does a lot of the dirty work for them that kind of goes unnoticed. But they're going to be much smaller tonight, which – which is not good because Sawyer um, has really gotten off against pretty much everybody else. That's going to be interesting. I, you can see Pick Central playing at a faster tempo um, without true bigs. They got five guys who can all run and dunk and uh, you know make plays with the ball. So I'm really excited about this one. I think Central they just have that psychological edge over North that you know. May not look like a big thing on the surface, but I think it really matters. Um, Javon Garcia in the first matchup, he was pretty much an impossible matchup for North. He, I believe he was perfect from the field in the first half and had about 19 points at halftime. If North can find a better matchup for him and maybe slow him down, they might have a shot. But uh, this could be a game where I see someone like Connor Maciag and, you know, extended minutes maybe stepping out and shining in this one and maybe setting the tone for the rest of the season. I'm actually in the Pick North parking lot now, so Devin Howard's right behind me getting out of the car. So, uh, <laughs> so he got a pair of shoes for you? Uh, I know he doesn't. <laughs> not, since, not since we did our own yeah. fall league. I don't think so anymore. But um, No, but I think it'll be a great one. So I see Sawyer having a big night. You know, There's really not a matchup for him in this game. I just I, I got to see what the rest of North's roster can do. You know, They just haven't, across the board, they haven't been uh, you know, consistent enough. If someone like Chris Scott, who has got a lot of potential on both ends of the floor. If he can play a veteran game and not make the, you know, mistakes that he's made in earlier games this season where, you know, trying to do too much or maybe rushing. If he can slow down a little bit, play like a veteran, I think North will have a shot there late. But I just see Central at home, and it's going to be a hyped-up crowd. Everyone's going to be there. Um, I see the Tigers pulling it out, but I wouldn't be surprised if North takes the win tonight. Let me let me run something by here. I, I kind of have a, a... – I've seen North a couple of times this year, seen Central a couple of times. One thing that I think with North is, and this is a complete contrast to last year, when you look at the majority, the core basis of Pickerington North's roster, it is mostly football guys where on the other side, Central, you're looking at mostly, and you know I'm a big two-sport, three-sport guy, but – at this level of play, when you're talking about high-level Division One basketball like we are, Pickerington Central's main guys are just basketball guys, where Norse main guys outside of Hunter are football guys first. Yep. And I think that makes a big difference. I, didn't think about that. I think, yeah, no, yeah, I absolutely agree. Um, I, didn't even, I really didn't think about that, I think. Other than Hunter, maybe the only one that's not a football guy is a Drees Lawrence. No, he plays. Yeah, football Drees too, so. a running back. Yeah, well, he looks like yeah. one. So, wow, I didn't think about the Jerry Saunders. He's on JV. He's, he's a basketball yep. only guy. Uh, Dior Connors, but they're both freshmen. So, and the matchup against Central, you got to have you know veteran talent. So I think that does 
make a difference because the core of Central, you know, those guys are playing year-round. They're playing big-time AAU basketball. They're always in open gyms here with the who's who of college coaches coming out. What's crazy to me, though, is, you know, I was looking at our prospect list for point guards, and I have Central has three of the top five guards, and it sucks that only one of them can play now uh, with Garcia. You know, it would just be – unbelievable if we were able to see Francis and Garcia and Rogers and all those guys on the same court together. I just, it's really like the what if in central Iowa, another case, you know, imagine if Gehanna had Jordan Mitchell and Josh Corbin and Ezra Manjohn and Sean oh, on the same team. Unbelievable. This year. Like, I mean, it would be, that would be, Oh my gosh. Worthington Christian. If they had Taylor Curry, he wasn't at Wisconsin. Right. Like when those guys were freshmen, I was, I was like, man, 2018, 19 is going to be insane. Uh, it's changed now. There's injuries that have affected things, which really sucks. But uh, I'm just – I'm excited. I, I, I Again, going back to Central, I think I, I see Garcia having another senior moment. You know, he's going up against a Pick North team that really doesn't have a whole lot of upperclassmen, uh, you know, leaders on that team. They're mainly sophomores and a couple juniors. Um, I, I see Garcia being the difference tonight in that matchup and really putting the team on his back. Yeah, I can I can go with I mean Garcia. I think I mean people that have seen him play uh, wouldn't probably say he's underrated. But I think you know on a on a statewide level, I think Garcia is a is a very underrated player. Not a lot of people know about him unless you really follow high school basketball. So it'd be interesting to see uh, you know in 2012, Karis Levert was probably only about six, three at that time anyway. And he was, you know, he saddled uh, central up to, uh, to all the way to the state championship. Um, so it'd be interesting to see uh, what Garcia can do with this team moving forward because it's his team. Now uh, another OCC battle tonight. This is a game that um, I'm looking forward to seeing the results on uh, maybe Thomas Worthington's not quite there yet, but, Hillier Bradley, 11-0 against 10-2 Thomas Worthington. Uh, this is another big rematch game, which features, uh, obviously, undefeated Bradley. Two-loss Thomas Worthington. Bradley took the first meeting, 57-32, smothering the Cardinals with their defense. Junior Matt Alaco led Bradley with 12. Keaton Norris and Chris Mayfield each scored 10. Jack Pugh, who is... Um, out for the season with an injury. He had nine, and A.J. Mergon and uh, Zach Hummel, a football guy, both had seven in your typical balanced Jaguar effort. Ben White led Thomas Worthington with 12, but no one else had more than five. Uh, Bradley, like I said, won't have the services of Jack Pugh in round two, uh, but is that enough, you know, say right now, is, is that enough for – Thomas Worthington to overcome that 25 point difference for the first meeting. I, I think it's doubtful if it's going to happen. They absolutely need Jalen Sollinger and Isaac settles to step up. You know, they really, those two guys are the ones that are pushing that team uh, when they're playing at a high level, if they can get, you know, a Afrocentric esque type performance from Jalen Sollinger, they're not going to get 25. Um, Cause Bradley doesn't give that much up to no. anybody. <laughs> they don't have a shot. Um, Isaac Settles, if those two can make outside shots, that's the key. When you're playing Bradley, if you can't shoot from the perimeter, you have no chance because that front line is just so physical and tough. They're going to out-rebound you. They're going to limit all second-chance opportunities. And on the other end, you know, they're not going to turn the ball over. Thomas has to make shots. Um, A kid that they're missing right now, 
is um, Maurice Collins. He's dealing some medical dealing with some medical problems right now. So my prayers go out to him that he can kind of get back on the right track and get back healthy. They don't have as much depth as Bradley. You know, Bradley doesn't have a whole lot, but I feel like uh, what they bring off the bench and what they have in the starting five is a little better than what Thomas has. Again, they're going to have to knock down shots and hope that Bradley has an off night. Um, I see a guy a guy that's really gone under the radar is A.J. Mergen. He's shooting about 50% from three this year. You know, Keaton Norris gets all the headlines as their best shooter. Part of that, you know, to Braden Norris being his older brother and being so, how good and how great he is right now. Keaton's still a great shooter, but A.J. Mergen's been, you know, their most high percentage shooter this year. Um, tough kid. Without Jack Pugh, though, it, they lose an element in that front line. They're not as freakishly physical as they were with him, um, which might give Thomas a little bit of a chance, but they're going to need more than 12 points from Ben White. If Ben can find a way to have a dominant showing and, you know, maybe get some offensive rebounds and a couple putbacks, uh, could, could get, it could get Thomas going, but I see Bradley winning this one. Um, about I'd, I'd say about 48 to 33 would be my prediction. Yeah, it, you mentioned A.J. Mergerman. He's one of my favorite guys. Um, just a really, really solid guard that knows how to play. Uh, very efficient shooter. Um, plays with that Pumas team. With Jack Pugh, I really thought that Bradley uh, was probably, in my mind, the favorite being that I knew Towns and Rogers were probably not going to be allowed to play the second half of the season, but without Pew, like you said, that's going to that changes the dynamic in this in Central Ohio and and really opens the door for Central Kaufman Bradley um, and like and I think you mentioned earlier those three teams I think are probably your front runners to get out of the Columbus region. Um, one other game I wanted to mention, and I don't know how much you know about this team or. They're, you know, kind of in the western, far western part of uh, central Ohio. Uh, West Jefferson, 10-2, and two, will play Springfield Central Catholic tonight, who is 10-2. and two. Uh, Both of those teams are atop the Ohio Heritage Con- Conference. Um, so this is, this is a game um, I don't really know a whole lot about West Jeff. Um, they're having a really good season at 10-2. and two. Have you been able to see or hear much about uh, the Rough Riders? Actually, I have. So when I launched 270 Baseball uh, this past <laughs> May, I covered West Jeff all the way to the district okay. finals. They lost to Fredericktown. In Fredericktown, they have four cousins or brothers, all with the last name Cunningham. It's Clem oh. Cunningham, Nick Cunningham, Lincoln Cunningham, and Leighton Cunningham. And they are stud baseball players, but they also play basketball. And I think Nick and Lincoln are both averaging like 15 points a game. Anyways, West Jeff, I saw them in late December. Uh, it was actually the day after uh, Morrow got married. First Shout day out to Morrow. And I drove, drove straight to a game. I saw West Jeff and Linden. Uh, they struggled in that game. Linden's length really bothered them. But uh, the Rough Riders, they have a pretty good team. They got a lot of seniors. Uh, ben Casey's their best player. He's a homeschool kid. Doesn't actually go to West Jeff. He lives in the area. He's a big-time athlete. He's about six foot three. He's had a couple poster dunks already. Um, high motor, gets involved on the glass. Is a prime-time slasher. Not much of a shooter, but a guy that can get to the rim, um, especially against teams that don't have a lot of athletes. Um, and that Linden game, that was a total opposite. They put Chance Gross on him and uh, kind of shut him down a little bit. A guy I like for them, though, is Joe Thompson. He's their floor spacer. He can knock down shots. Um, another kid, about six foot three, tough, plays both ends. 
Scotty Hunter is a tough point guard senior. He's been in the backcourt there for about two or three years. Um, but the X factor is Gabe Jones. He's a junior. I think he's one of maybe two or three juniors on the roster. Uh, he's their best perimeter defender. He's about 5'10", but they put him on Chance Gross, and Chance couldn't get by him. Um, I see him, you know, playing a role tonight. Springfield Central Catholic is a tough team out there in Western Ohio. Um, but if Wes Jeff can, you know, get past them, they're going to be right there in the OHC. Uh, them and Fairbanks are the top two teams in that division. Um, but the Rough Riders, they're tough, man. They they got a couple baseball players. Shout out to Cade Brentlinger. He was the third baseman. Uh, he comes off the bench for them now. Um, and Matt King is another post player for them, about six foot five. So Rough Riders are a tough team in Division Three. They're going to be a sleeper. They went on the road and beat Worthington Christian earlier in the year, um, which has been their best win of the season. So don't sleep on the Rough Riders. If you're in D3, you know, that, that team is going to be right there in the tournament. I think they can make a run. Ben Casey leading uh, the Ohio Heritage Con- Conference with 19 points per game. Uh, and this is why you, running this podcast is, is – or hosting this podcast, I should say, is, is very easy when you bring guys on like Zach. Uh, they're like wind-up toys. You just wind them up and let them go. Uh, unless you live – in West Jeff, and maybe even if you do live in West Jeff, uh, maybe you're a parent, you do not know who the fourth best guy is on West Jefferson's team, Zach does. That's why we bring him on. Uh, and not only did he do that, the day after Morrow got married, again, shout out Jason Morrow, uh, recently married. Uh, he also does a fantastic job of covering basketball in, in uh, Central Ohio. Um, you're at Linden West Jeff the day after that. That's big time. It's two o'clock yeah, tip big. too. A two o'clock. That's big tip. time. All right. <laughs> we drove straight from Kentucky there. Like that's how much of a of a lunatic I am when it comes to basketball. It's the first thing I wanted to do when we got out. No question. No question. Zach, I'm gonna run. I'm gonna run these four games by you, uh, and you can just tell me if there's anything that catches your eye or something you're looking forward to. These are our four. Central Ohio teams or games involving our Central Ohio teams at the prestigious Flying to the Hoop event this weekend uh, down at Trent Arena in Kettering, an event put on by Eric Horseman. So down there, we're going to have Olin Tangy Liberty 10 and 2 against uh, Centerville, who is now 6 and 5. That is a battle of two great coaches, Greg Nossaman at Liberty. Brooke Cups, uh, who is one of my personal favorites at Centerville. Uh, you also have Hilliard Bradley taking on the Oak Ridge Show out of Florida, uh, who seemed to put on a, a highlight reel of dunks and almost, um, and I'm not a big dunk guy, but uh, I have seen them pop up on Twitter quite a bit. C.J. Walker going to Oregon. Uh, Nevin Glover, another high major guy for them. And then Harvest Prep. Um, we'll take on Middletown Madison, a team that is uh, currently 11 and one, another division three team down in Southwest Ohio. Um, they have a really good junior six, seven junior and Grant Wishman. Uh, and then the closer of, of the flying to the hoop, the last game of the night on Monday, uh, will be Pickerington central against Trotwood. And, uh, if you have never been to this event, um, Dayton, Dayton fans, um, Dayton area fans are the best fans in Ohio when it comes to basketball, bar none. You could put the two worst teams in Dayton in front of them at Trent Arena, and they would show up in droves. 
Um, but there are usually two teams that if they are really good, the crowd will be unbelievable. And Trotwood is one of those teams. They are a fan favorite at the flying of the hoop. So Pickerington Central, obviously down Rogers and Towns, they'll be up against it playing in Trotwood Madison's backyard. Any of those four games, uh, anything jump out at you of those four games this weekend? Uh, you know, just to go through it quick, I think in the Olentangy Liberty matchup, uh, Ben Roderick, obviously, that kid wants to go high major. If not, he probably would have taken the Ohio University offer by now. That's going to be a showcase for him against a good Centerville team. That's uh, a big-time, you know, platform for him. Last year, you know, the first time he got to play on a huge platform in high school was against Dublin Coffin, the play-by-play. Went for 30 points, and Ohio State and Xavier were there. That's the kind of schools he wants to go to. He wants to get in the Big Ten, maybe the Big East. He's got to have a big showing. Liberty's got to win. They've struggled outside of the area. They're about 2-2 two and two outside of the area this year, 8-0 um, against everybody else. So I see Roderick having a big game in the Bradley game. You know, it's supposed to snow like crazy. <clears throat> Coach Norris said they are going down there regardless whether or not there's a blizzard. They're making kids go. Even if parents don't want to drive, they're having their kids sign waivers, and they're going to get to that game. Bradley's going to be amped up. I feel like no one's giving them a shot, especially with Jack Pugh being out. You know, Boone, Florida, that Boone High School down in Florida, they held Oak Ridge to 16 points in a rather unusual game plan. I don't see Bradley holding the ball like that. Um, I do see the Jags kind of valuing possessions and getting good shots like they always do. Um, but when you play Bradley, one thing that, you know, people want to harp on them, oh, they play slow, they play slow. A lot of it is Bradley making teams take a minute to find a good shot because you literally can't get inside on that defense. That's the thing that I, I say when people you know want to talk about Bradley and kill Bradley for their pace or whatever. They're just playing great defense. If the other team can't score and they take a minute right. to get a good shot off, that's not Bradley's right. fault. Bradley is doing what they're supposed to do, um, and that defense will transfer. I don't think Oak Ridge will see a defense quite like Bradley this year. Again, even without Pew, I think they'll have a shot as long as they're making shots. Uh, it's going to take Matt Alaco. He's got to be able to you know, be a threat from the perimeter because he's going up against an Oak Ridge team that's big, they're athletic, they got great size. Um, you know, those post-ups and those drives to the rim are going to be a little tougher uh, this time around than what he was facing against Wano Ridge and Delaware Hayes. So that's going to be a great matchup. Um, the third one, Harvest Prep, you know, everyone in this area thinks that they're a lock to make it to the state Final Four. Middletown-Madison could be a team that they face in the shot. Um, that'll be a good preview to see just how ready Harvest Prep is. They've taken a couple losses in their last four or five games. Um, I see C.J. Anthony and then those seniors, you know, Brandon Beavers, Elijah Glenn, Sol Hines. Um, I see those guys stepping up. And um, Harvest Prep, it's the first time I think they play down there, at least with uh, the current, you know, administration. I know Coach Dennis is pumped for that. He's going to have his guys ready. They love going on the road and putting on a show. So I see uh, Harvest Prep combining for a great game against a really good Middletown-Madison team. And to close it out, <clears throat> between Pick Central and Trotwood, it's going to be a fast-paced, high-scoring bonanza. You know, I can't wait for it. Um, another guy that's unsigned and looking to, you know, go to the big time is Javon Garcia. This will be a matchup where he has to do it uh, against a Trotwood team that's going to have, you know, equally or even better athletes than what Pick Central has. Uh, so I, I see Garcia again. You know, he's got a tough game tonight. And then on Monday night, uh, it's going to be a war. And if Pick Central can win that game, you know, without Rodgers and Towns, that'll do a lot for their confidence going forward. Um, especially since Troutwood's going to be a team that we'll probably see in the state final four again this year. All right, Zach, before we let you go, um, why don't you give the listeners one or two teams out there that they should have on their radar for the rest of the year that are kind of flying under the radar right now? 
Uh, in Division One, we talked about them a little bit. I think Hilliard Davidson is a team that um, could make another run to the district finals, and you know maybe this year finally get past uh, that barrier that they've kind of hit the last couple, you know, three or four years. The Wildcats, again, like I mentioned, they're big. They got a lot of size, but the main thing is they got seniors, man. They, you got guys like Ethan Royer and Jacob Drees and Christian Gilliland and then a tough junior in Gage Keys. I think Davidson's going to be a team with their size. You know, not a lot of teams match up with them very well, and they're kind of the Hilliard-Bradley light. Uh, they play a similar style. They're very physical. Um, they, they make teams take forever to get good shots because they play great defense. And it's the football identity that's kind of in that basketball team right now. Like they play a rugged game, and uh, they're going to beat you up a little bit if you try to take it down low on them. And then another team in Division Three, uh, they're 6-7 and seven right now, but it's Liberty Union. They started out 0-6. They are 6-1 and one in their last seven games. Hunter Antritt is a kid that comes in from Newark. Um, he's an athletic guard that can get to the basket, make things happen for others, and can really knock down shots on spot-ups. I saw them on Wednesday night against Heath. Hunter was incredible as a six-man. He just gives that team another boost and another gear that they really haven't had in the last several years. Um, they got six wins already. They haven't won more than eight games since 2013-14 when they won 12 games. I think they can easily surpass that. And in an MSL Buckeye division, that there's not a whole lot of separation between top and bottom. you got solid teams like Logan L., Amanda Clear Creek, Taze Valley, Bloom Carroll. Um, I think with the new addition of Hunter Antritt, and all the seniors that Liberty Union has, that could be a team in Division Three that maybe has an upset against a team like Johnstown or a team like Afrocentric or West Jefferson or Worthington Christian um, because, you know, the Lions, they got, some, they got some players, and they're tough. They got a lot of football guys on that roster. So there's good basketball in Baltimore, Ohio this, uh, this year. I like taking the trip out there. It's the first time I'd ever been to Liberty Union, and Hunter Antritt definitely delivered, and I really like Jaden Billingsley, who is the other senior guard. Um, with Antra being on that team, he takes a lot of pressure off Jaden. Jaden can knock down shots and uh, play the physical uh, brand of basketball that he does. So that's my second team. I probably, Liberty Union's probably never been talked about on a basketball podcast. Now they are. So shout out to the Lions. I think they're going to have a great season. In MSL. And Zach, that, you know, Zach, that's the thing that, uh, that I definitely appreciate about what you and Jason and your, your team that you've assembled uh, and watching how this 270 has grown over the last few years. Uh, you guys are really branching out. It's easy to cover the Pick Centrals, the Kaufmans, the Gehannas, and, uh, you know, Bradleys, Upper Arlingtons. You guys are really branching out and taking care of all of Central Ohio. Uh, but not only that, you know, we, we want to thank you, like, for the, for the passion that you, the, you have for Central Ohio kids. People do not know about a lot of the stuff that you do behind the scenes for these kids uh, and getting these guys uh, opportunities to, to be – um, successful, not just basketball, but successful at life uh, moving forward, giving them an opportunity to get out of here and uh, make a successful life for themselves. And 270 Hoops, guys, 270hoops.com, if you have not ever checked it out, it is the best high school website for basketball in the state of Ohio. Zach, we want to thank you for being on here today, and we'll see you over at Pickerington tonight. I appreciate it, Kurt. I'm in the parking lot now. I can't wait to get in there. I'm going to cover the girls' game. People are always on me. Why don't you cover girls' basketball? That is happening. They're, the girls are playing before the, the boys. That is right? correct. All right. I'll be in there. In our, on our live show, actually, tomorrow morning, uh, I do the Central Ohio Hoops Report with Derek Owens, Jr. Weather pending, we'll have both Madison Green and Malia Perry on as our guests tomorrow. So we want to show the girls some love, too. That's the next step with 270 Hoops is we want to 
make sure the girls get the attention as well because there's more high major talent in girls basketball than boys in Central Ohio right now. And that's something that I really don't want to go under the radar because we got some girls that can absolutely play basketball. And so I'm really excited to get to see that. And that's the next step for 270 Hoops. We almost got the boys covered all the way across the board. The next step is girls. So be on the list. Zach, both of those girls beat me 10 nothing in, in, in a game of 10 for sure. Madison Green and uh, Malia Perry. No doubt about it. Zach, we appreciate it all, and uh, we will see you soon. I appreciate it. Okay. We'll see you tonight.